Welcome to the Ivy Church podcast. For more podcasts and information about Ivy Church, go to ivychurch.org. Welcome, Ivy. Last week, we started 2022 announcing that it's Ivy's year of rebuilding. What does God want to rebuild in your life this year? What does God want to use you and me to rebuild to help somebody else who's feeling that life's just about broken down in 2022? To help us work that out, we're starting a brand new series for the first months of this year, looking back in the history of of Israel in the Old Testament to the story of a man called Nehemiah. God used him for rebuilding after a terrible time in the history of the nation. And he wasn't a priest or a prophet, he was a public servant. But today we're going to see what the difference maker was in his life. What was the difference in him that made all the difference as God worked through him? Let's read together, Nehemiah chapter 2, 1 to 8. In the month of Nisan, in the 20th year of King Artaxerxes, when wine was brought for him, I took the wine and gave it to the king. I had not been sad in his presence before, so the king asked me, why does your face look so sad when you're not ill? This can be nothing but sadness of heart. I was very much afraid, but I said to the king, may the king live forever. Why should my face not look sad when the city where my ancestors are buried lies in ruins and its gates have been destroyed by fire? The king said to me, what is it you want? Then I prayed to the God of heaven and I answered the king, if it pleases the king and if your servant has found favour in his sight, let him send me to the city in Judah where my ancestors are buried so that I can rebuild it. Then the king with the queen sitting beside him asked me, how long will your journey take and when will you get back? It pleased the king to send me, so I set a time. I also said to him, if it pleases the king, may I have letters to the governors of Trans-Euphrates so that they will provide me safe conduct until I arrive in Judah. And may I have a letter to Asaph, keeper of the royal park, so he will give me timber to make beams for the gates of the citadel by the temple and for the city wall and for the residence I will occupy. And because the gracious hand of my God was on me, the king granted my request. So I went to the governors of Trans-Euphrates and gave them the king's letters. The king also sent army officers and cavalry with me. Now I believe that God has been speaking to us and that he's going to speak to us too. Right at the start of a new year, he's going to give us clues and instructions and ideas for 2022. And maybe not just for the rest of this year, but for some of you it's going to be like... It's going to be about the rest of your life. When God shows you the problem that he wants to share with you in fixing. For Nehemiah, there was a remnant left of a few people sitting in the ruins of the formerly glorious city of Jerusalem. That's not your problem, but what is it? What is it for you and for me? What are you meant to rescue and restore or redeem or rebuild? I asked last week, what gets you? Because God only gets to use people who let something that really gets him get them too. And from talking to some of you since, I know many of you didn't really have to think too hard because you already have some place or some people or something that you care deeply about. It bothers you. So when you hear about that or you see it happening in the world, some injustice weighs on you, perhaps on behalf of others and what they're having to deal with or, or go through. 
Like there's a need that you see and you believe that somebody should be meeting that. It might go beyond an individual. It could be a whole group of people that are hurting or being abused or, or in some way being crushed. And you, you feel like somebody somewhere should do something about it. Maybe you even feel at times that someday you will. Because perhaps for a long time it's weighed on you that somebody's been neglected or mistreated or excluded or forgotten and something's just not working the way it's meant to happen. And, and what we used to say about that is that you have a burden. And that's not just meant to get you down and weigh you down. It's meant to get you up and moving into action because God puts those kind of burdens on us when he wants to call us and equip us to make a difference. He wants to share it, so he tries to put a divine burden on you and on me. And we might get better at just shaking it off and getting busy with other things, but if you find he keeps coming back again with something that disturbs you and upsets you and affects you because of how it affects others, I mean, it moves you in some significant way. Something's wrong, and, and that doesn't mean that there's anything wrong with you. It's meant, it's meant to move you. I don't just mean move you on the inside. I, I feel moved by that. I mean, I move. I actually move in the direction of making it better. I move to go and do something about it. Because, see, I look back in my life at so many times I was, I was just moved in the sense of feeling sorry or sad about something. And I did think somebody, somewhere, someday should do something. And I had good intentions, but that didn't actually change a thing. Nobody ever had on their tombstone, he had good intentions. You don't get remembered for that. I've never, I've done enough funerals to know nobody's going to stand next to your funeral, uh, your coffin and say, she was moved by lots of sad things in the world. What matters is, did you move towards it or away from it? Because it's not intentions, but actions that make a difference in the end. Everything changes when somebody starts to stop using the word somebody and says, me, send me. Do you remember Isaiah said something like that to God one day in the temple? That's when God started to use him. Everything starts to change when somebody stops saying somewhere and says there, about that. With God's help, I'm going to do something about that. Life will change beyond recognition in 2022 for anybody watching or listening today to the, his word who will change your words. Instead of saying some words like somebody, someday, sometime, something. Even if somebody keeps on talking about doing something someday again and again, it doesn't get it done. Too often that's just a convenient way to keep my life the same and it makes me feel a bit better, but really it stops me making a difference in this broken and messed up sin-sick world that the Lord wants to use me, the difference he wants to use me to make. If you were here last week, you're going to know that Nehemiah heard about this people in desperate need back in Jerusalem. And although he was hundreds of miles away and actually had quite a comfortable life going for himself, but rather than just let that wash over him and, and, uh, and say, oh, somebody sometime should do something, he kind of stopped scrolling through all the news items and he started praying and mourning and fasting, when he heard how life was for those people, even though they were hundreds of miles away and he was in this safe place away from it, so it didn't really affect him, he let it affect him so that he could effect a change. He found out about 
everything he could about the people there being hurt, how they were wide open to further abuse because the, the walls were in ruins and the gates were firewood and that brokenness broke him. And what this tells us is very important for everybody to understand. What breaks you is often what God wants to use you to rebuild. What breaks you could be what God wants to use you to rebuild. It's what will get you where he wants you, doing what he wants you to do. So again, what breaks your heart? What upsets you? So you find yourself saying, somebody somewhere should do something about that because that's when God says, you're right. But I don't just want somebody somewhere, someday. I want to use you. And if you lose all those other words that start with some, and in fact, there's only one that, that you can use that will matter. Somehow. Somehow is an amazing word because it releases all of God's possibilities into seemingly impossible situations. Somebody, somewhere, sometimes means often that nobody, nowhere, ever does it. But when you're confronted by that huge, huge need, when there's a gap in the wall that needs to be filled, and it, it could seem like an impossible task, and somebody asks, how on earth are we going to do this? When you reply, somehow, with God's help, somehow we're going to figure it out. Somehow we're going to get this done. That's when miracles happen. We love the sign at Ivy that says, expect a miracle. And I'm more expectant than ever in 2022 that we are going to see miracles here at Ivy this year. Why? Because there are so many needs. I finally figured something out after all these years of reading the Bible. And here it is. It's, it's, about, it's about miracles. Do you know one thing every miracle in Scripture has in common? A need. They all start with a need, often with an impossible need. And that's when God gets involved. So if you have a need or God's been talking to you about somebody's need, great, you have the start of a miracle right there. Every miracle starts with a mess. Every miracle starts with a need. And every great miracle starts with a greater need. Everything that God uses people for that will really give him glory when afterwards people will say that was a miracle how did that happen it started happening when you saw a need and you thought maybe somebody can do something about this so you you got started in faith saying God I'll do it somehow I want to give it a shot that's when we find our God is greater and he does abundantly more than we could ever ask dream or imagine and I hope this is exactly where some of you are right now at this moment Faced with a great need, bothered by something. I don't just mean you're grumpy about everything. I mean you see a need and rather than just getting distracted, you lean into it. You're moved so that you want to serve. You want to start to see God move somehow. Maybe for a long time you've considered doing something about it. Or maybe just as the new year opened up, you're in the early stages. Or maybe it's something you gave up on in the past and thought, well, I tried it, it didn't work. Look, if, if you say, God, help me get started, to figure this out somehow, you will get to be part of something very, very special that will impact the lives of other people. Last year, we, last week we saw that Nehemiah's heart broke and he didn't ride straight off into Jerusalem though. He sat down and he wept and he mourned and he fasted and prayed and, and this book of Nehemiah is like his journal and 12 times we read his prayers to the God of heaven. That's what he called him. He didn't just stay focused on the problem. He didn't just pray, someday would you send somebody to do something? No, he stood up. And he said, I'm cupbearer to the king. And he said, I'm, I'm going to use whatever I've been given and whatever influence I have 
I'm going to give it all back to you, Lord, and somehow I'm going to do something about this. Somehow is a brilliant word. All the best miracles start with it. But how do you do what God wants you to do in 2022? Write this down. Three things that will make the difference as we move from chapter one into chapter two. Number one, pray courageously. Just revisiting that from last week, Nehemiah spent November through to March seeking God, fasting on and off, constantly praying, seeking the God of heaven. Why? Because he knows God's help is is needed to do what he's going to be called to do. And right from the start, it's going to be risky. He's going to need courage above all else. It's impossible to describe how dangerous it would be for somebody in the royal court to approach the king with a request because Everybody was there to do what the king wanted, not to ask him for things. Your job was to make the king happy and and you smile all of the time and you're making his life easier. You don't go and ask something from the king. You don't deliver bad news to the king. So in verse one of chapter two, he says, I had not been sad in the king's presence before. So the king notices and says to Nehemiah, what's the matter with your face? Why do you look so sad? What's going on inside of you? And, you know, maybe Nehemiah's just got one of those faces, like, you know, you know you can't actually hide what's going on in your heart. But he says, I was afraid, but I said to the king, why shouldn't I look so sad? Because this city where my ancestors were buried and lying, it's in ruins and its gates have been destroyed by fire. He's got this burden, he offloads it, he starts to share it. And then the king said to me, what is it that you want? Notice that. What does he do? Again. Then I prayed, he says, to the God of heaven. This isn't going away on a four-day prayer retreat. He'd already done that. He's close to God because he spent time with him already. He's already just walking closely with God and intimately. So now he can talk to God on the spot. Just talk to God and talk to God and talk to God. And we have to learn to pray both ways. God wants us to pray long and powerful prayers, just seeking him about, about things that seem impossible. And it's so that in the moment you're close enough to God to send like a text prayer up to God and the relationship's there already and you're just talking and walking intimately together. Then when you need it, when you're with somebody who's been put there to help you, you just pray a quick prayer, God, please help. God, give me the words now. Lord, give me the wisdom. Lord, direct me my steps. Give me favour. Show me what you want me to do. How you want me to say this. The king says, what do you want? And he says, so I prayed to the God of heaven, fixed his eyes above, and I answered the king. See, he's seeking God, not just at the start, but all the way through. He's keeping on praying, God, I need you. God, guide me. God, direct me. God, provide like only you can do it. I'm sunk without you. It's never going to happen. Let me tell you, if you say you have a vision for something, if prayer isn't necessary for you to accomplish it, you're not thinking anywhere near big enough. It's not too late and it's not too soon. In 2022, the year of rebuilding, I want to challenge you to talk with God. Ask him to show you something so big, to share with you something so massive that you absolutely need the power and the miracles of God to come through for you or it will never, ever happen. That's how you get to really honour God. You pray bold, courageous prayers. That's step one. And the second thing you need to do is say it clearly. See, for most people, it's not a lack of caring that's the problem, it's a lack of clarity. Not defining specifically what you're called to do. Notice again what he said when the king said to him, what do you want me to do? He said, well, if it pleases the king and your servant has found favour in his sight, let him send me to the city in Judah where my ancestors are buried so that I can rebuild it. What's he done? He identified the need 
earlier what he was upset about and he's kind of crystallised this into a statement. He doesn't want to just go on and on about that. He wants to state the solution now, clearly, what he wants to do about it in one sentence. Absolute clarity. What did he say? Please send me to Judah so I can rebuild the walls. Say it clearly. See, Nehemiah didn't do what a lot of people do, what we often do. He didn't say, well, oh, your majesty, glad you've asked. There is something I've kind of been pondering and thinking about for ages. You know that my family's from Jerusalem. I, I read online about some people there and I wondered, you know, that maybe someday somebody should do something about it. And I was thinking, well, you know, I'd like to see the world and, you know, I'm passionate about, about travel and, and I thought maybe if, maybe if I send letters to lots of people and I ask them to give me money, then I can, I can go and see and, and call it a mission trip. And I'm not really sure, because I don't even know what I'd do when I got there anyway, but I kind of thought I'd, you know, run it by you, see what you think. You know what that is? That's a lack of clarity. How do you get clarity? Simple. Answer this question, the king's question to him. What do you want to do? What is God calling you to do? That question can stop you wasting your life. Some of you might say, help, I want to help children. Great. What's the need that needs, the, that, that needs a miracle? Which children? What age or stage? Is it those who are hungry, those who can't read, those with mental health issues, those who've been abused, those that don't have homes? Fostering or adoption, maybe. You know, we'd love to have more Ivy people sign up for that this year. It's one of the prayer goals for Festival Manchester. See, that is, I suppose, are the children that you're feeling called, are they actually here in, this, in the UK or, or is there another country that, do you need to learn a language or do you need to get qualified in something first to really be able to help those children? What do you want to do? What is it specifically that God is calling you to do? Because if you can't define it, you'll never do it. And if you can't tell somebody what you want to do, they can't help you. So pray courageously, then, then define the vision, the solution, and do it clearly. Say it clearly, because I guarantee if God's going to call you to do this, then one day very soon you're going to find yourself standing before somebody or some people who, who've got what it takes to help. And you'll maybe hear them ask this question this year, what do you want me to do? So you'd better know. Nehemiah was ready for that. And so he says, please send me to Judah so I can rebuild the walls. In a sentence, what is it that God is leading you to do in 2022? And it may be a number of things, but you can't, nobody can do 10 or 100 things. You might say God is leading us to rebuild our finances so that we're debt free, except for the mortgage by the end of the year. That's clear, it's defined, it makes it doable. Oh, God is leading me to pray every day for these five people. I'm gonna invite them to a Festival Manchester event. Or God is calling me to get the help I need to overcome my addiction. Or God is calling me to raise my level of giving to my church by 2% over last year. Or God is calling me to volunteer a day a week to help a ministry here. Or, or to get my business to sponsor that charity of doing what I'm already passionate to change. Or to serve on a team at Ivy in this area. In a sentence, what is it God is calling you to do? What will God call you to do to make the difference that he wants you to do? And it starts when you seek God courageously. Then you have to state the vision clearly and concisely. Number three, you make plans carefully. Make plans carefully. It's been said, a vision without a plan is just a wish. It's time we stop wishing 
and start planning. Don't just tell me you have a dream. Do you have a goal? If you have a goal, you can make a plan. Our God is a systematic God. Today, I guarantee, will be 24 hours long. There'll be seven days a week, every week this year. That's a promise. It's not a prediction. That's the way God made it, so we can work hard and rest well. Jesus said the Sabbath was made for man. God didn't make time for himself. The Sabbath was made for you and me because he's a God of order. The Bible says he has a purpose and he's made plans in advance for you that you should walk in them. He wants you to discover them and then make your plans carefully so that they happen. Again, we can read about what Nehemiah said his plans were. The king says, how long is this journey going to take? When do you think it's, when will you get back? And he, and he didn't say, oh, I don't know, I've not really thought about it. I just thought I'd bounce around a bit and, and, and well, I thought I'd ask you. I, I haven't got much of a clue. No, he says, I set a time. He was specific. He had a deadline. A dream with a date is a goal. Then he went on. If it pleases the king, may I have letters to these governors so that I can, I can have safe conduct to get there to Judah. And also, can I have a letter to the guy who looks after all of your forests to get the timber to make the gates for the city wall and for the place I'm going to live in while I'm there? It's all in the plan. He didn't just make this up on the spot. He's been praying into the plan. It's really clear. He knows he's going to need protection to travel and he asks for provision to rebuild it. And then he says, and because the gracious hand of my God was on me, the king granted my request. God did it. God made the miracle start to happen. This is what you call being led by the Spirit of God. Sometimes we mean exactly the opposite. We talk and act as if being led by the Spirit means we're just, oh, I'm just free. We're just totally spontaneous. But God was directing his steps, his words and his way and his work all along. Some of us miss out on God really using us simply because we don't get organised enough. We end up in the wrong time at the wrong place and then we blame God when we miss it. But guess what? It still happens because somebody else who did get up and say somehow I'm going to make a plan and work the plan and get this done, gets it done. So again, I'm not saying it's all planned out. Nehemiah doesn't have all the detail yet. He's not even got to the city yet. He's not got to the problem. You might think I've got to wait longer until I get a perfect plan. But let me tell you, the perfect plan does not exist we're going to see next week, opposition comes in straight away. It was Mike Tyson, I think, who said, everybody has a good plan till you get punched in the face. And you don't need a perfect plan. You just have to be led and get started. And God wants to go with us and he, he leads us as we get going. I've said for years, not even God can, direct, can lead a puddle because he's not going anywhere. But when there's a stream, it can be directed. You know what my plan is most of the time? Do the next thing. That's my plan. There are some goals I'm always aiming at, but along the way I want to identify and just do the next thing that I believe God is telling me to do. And if I look at how do we rebuild this whole church and get all the people we need for all the teams and all the ministries that we need to start or restart post-COVID in 2022, how do we add more places and raise up all the leaders that we're going to need for all of the opportunities God wants to give us this year, that overwhelms me. It, it blows my mind. So instead I keep it simple. Do the next thing. Keep in step with the Spirit. One step, next step, move forward. Because success is not achieving some accomplishment in the future. It's being faithful to do the next right thing today. So, what's the next thing for you? 
for you to do what God wants? What's he told you already? What's the first thing you have to do and not put off, but do it and start it today? Do you need a meeting with somebody who's already doing something like what you want to do? Listen to what they say, come with questions. Do you need to sign up? to say, yeah, I'd be interested in helping and serving in that way. Or will you get a book, take a class online, write a business plan, get a budget. Seek God courageously for something bold and makes a difference. Say what the solution is clearly as you can and, and make plans carefully for that better future. If we do these three things, just watch out, get ready for God to bless us and use us in miraculous ways in 2022. Write them down, make notes of this and, and which of, the, of those three is usually your downfall that stopped you in the past? We usually have one that messes us up. One more time, I'll go through them. Pray courageously. That's just getting alone with God and saying, Lord, give me what I need to do it. Say the vision clearly so that when you're with others, you can say, here's the help I'm gonna need to get this done and, and make sure you plan carefully. Just starting down by, one, two or three steps in the right directions. Things you could do before Wednesday to get started. Don't waste, don't wait another day for somebody, somehow, somewhere to do something and God's calling you now. Let's pray. Somehow, Lord, you and me, together, we're getting it done. Thanks for listening. For more podcasts, go to ivychurch.org media.